When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dwayne's Wall with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's Wall. Time for an Australian Open update. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Louise Planning played in seven Grand Slams. She's been part of various commentary teams over a course of time, been a coach in her own right, and uh, it's a delight to have her in the bunker at the Australian Open to talk a little bit of tennis again today. Welcome to you, Louise. Great to have you back on the program. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited. I mean, from an international perspective, this has been a pretty good Open, but I suppose from an Australian perspective, it hasn't necessarily been. So how are you weighing up the good and the bad? Look, I think it's been terrific. It's amazing as because we've seen so many top players dropping out, the number one and two seeds both in. Women and men not getting through to the quarterfinal has just been phenomenal. So it's just opened up the doors for so many new players. I mean, these are names now that are going to become stock standard in women's tennis. Someone like Elena Robikina, after winning Wimbledon, um, not being able to get the points that she needed from that has come in here lower ranked, but it's great to see that she's gotten through and obviously beating, um, you know, the number one player in the world. It's uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? So it's um, it's it's kind of to see Victoria Azarenka coming back ten years later. Amazing, Arena Sabalenka has never been to a Grand Slam final. Will she make it this year, Lynette? Magda Lynette, I mean, I think she's never been past about around round four. Like, it's just created so many amazing stories, this Australian Open. I think it's fantastic. I think it's phenomenal. So we always knew that the Serena era was going to end. No one wanted Ash to retire, but we all understand why, and we wish her the best, obviously, and what's best for her is what we all wish for. But there is a, there's a moment here where... You know, tennis does have to reset. We might be about to see it in the men's, in a way, with no Federer, Nadal on the way out. Novak's still got quite a few left in him, obviously, but uh, there's a bit of a reset in the men's as well. No, I think so. You're right. There's a lot of young guns coming through. I think the fact that Novak had that little bit of time after the Australian Open last year when he lost, he, he obviously had to regroup. I think his confidence was pretty much smashed with what happened uh, coming to Australia, that gave an opportunity to Alcaraz. Carlos Alcaraz has just come onto the ATP tour flying. I think he's stepping right into Rafa's shoes very quickly. So we're starting to see a transition. Casper uh, Ruud getting to two finals of Grand Slams last year. I think we're starting to see some real shift there. He's a phenomenal player. Unfortunately for um, you know some of the other players that... Alex Zverev, I mean, him getting injured. He was about to step into the shoes and play some great tennis. I mean, I think the transition is really happening very well for the men. I think there's a lot of great names out there. Sid Tsipas is probably the guy that's going to get through to the final. 
um, against Novak if, if Novak to continue this great run. Um, look, I think so, yeah, I, it always takes a little bit of time. I think it's like a 10-year kind of leap with every genre that you see. I mean, the last time we saw the great males, I mean, you, what was it, Agassi, uh, Sampras and Courier and... Um, you know, and then before that, it's like Borg and McEnroe. And then before that, like, so it's like a 10-year gap. And I, I think we're ready, you know, in the next five years to bring on the new guns and really make a name for these new players. Can Alex Dimonor add weaponry to his arsenal that's going to help him get past a, a quarter and a semi? Well, I think it's tough, isn't it? Because look at the guys that are coming through. They're all monsters. I mean, Sitsipas mm. is like six foot four and... Um, Novak is tall, Carlos, uh, Alcaraz, the big unit. So, I don't know, Does he? how does he beef himself up? Because he just doesn't have the firepower. He was hitting about uh, 12 to 15 k's less on the forehand and backhand towards Novak. I mean, yes, he can run. He's a, he's a unit, we know that, he's a rabbit. But is that enough to be able to sustain um, and to hurt the big players? I, I don't think it is. He's got a good serve, but it's it's what happens after that. He just gets a little overpowered. And, I mean, you, you can go to the gym, you can do what you want, but I think it's really hard to just add enough to hurt these big guys, these big units. You've been in coaching for a long time as well, Louise. You can tend to, I think, at least get away with doing less prep when you're younger, but when you're older, it, it can get you injury-wise. Where do you see Nick Kyrgios at in this stage of his career right now? Yeah, look, I think the operation on his knee is, is not a big operation. Um, it was a very small thing, but obviously the swelling just keeps coming up. Um, you know, Nick's got to look after his body. He travels with a physiotherapist. I think that is his main focus, isn't it? We know he doesn't want to have the coaching influence. Um, whether he has really good influence in other areas of his life and having good support, you know, I think there's some good people there. Whether they can get across and encourage him to have that long-term vision. Um, we we just don't know. I mean, he's yeah, he's an outlier. He's he's unique. We love what he brings to the sport. Um, I just don't know what his long-term vision is. And his body, um, yeah, he's he's got to look after that. That's got to be a priority. And obviously, with this injury, he was gutted. He was flawed, absolutely flawed, that he could not play the Australian Open. Absolutely. So Novak, we presume, is going to be a selection in the men's. Uh, who are you picking in the women's? Is it Sabalenka? Or who do you think will win both? Yeah, look, um, uh, look, I'm kind of leaning towards Sabalenka. You just don't know on the day, though, if, if Rubikina can beat Azarenka. And I'm, I'm thinking that Rubikina, with the amount of aces that she hits, she's got so much firepower. I don't think that Azarenka will be able to move her around and get involved with the long rallies that she did and be able to dominate like she did against Pagula. So I'm thinking it's Rodakina. And then, obviously, on the other side, Sabalenka is going to beat Lynette. And I think it's going to be Sabalenka for the first time. She's never been to a final. She hasn't had that that big step, and Rodakina has. So on the night, it's going to be about the serving of Rodakina. But I think Sabalenka's got the firepower to, to combat that. And I'm, I'm thinking it's Sabalina for the first time. Sabalenka, I should say. And she has fixed her serve, so that's been something that you, we obviously can change the way you play the game, and that's uh, a big emphasis for a lot of kids these days to know that if you've got a flaw, work on it. Absolutely. I think Azarenka even said, you know, she's really 
um, over the last couple of years, she's tried to work on bringing new things into her game. She said, I was really anxious and nervous about, you know, changing things. We get really good at something. You think, if I change, I might lose what I have. So it's being brave enough to take those steps and improve. And I think that's the number one thing that we want to be able to educate our players, not to change, but to improve. And I think the minute you say to a young player, oh, you've got to change your forehand or you've got to change your serve, that creates a whole lot of anxiety. So it's all about improvement and the top players, that's what they want to do. They want to get better every single time they walk on the court. And how are our junior stocks at the moment, Louise, in Australia, men and women? Look, I think we've got some really good young kids coming through. Um, One that I'm absolutely uh, loving to see is Emerson Jones. Uh, she's 14 years of age. I just took her away with me with the um, Billie Jean King Juniors and the Billie Jean King Cup, which was in Turkey just recently. She was playing players that are, you know, 16 years of age, that are six foot two, and, and Emerson's 14 and, and quite small in size, but she's got a heart of gold. She, she works really hard. She's a great mover. She's got a lot of firepower. So I think she's definitely one to watch. Um, moving up a couple of years, Talia Gibson, uh, this young lady, I think she's ranked about 250 in the world, tracking incredibly well. Um, she had an opportunity to play here at the Australian Open as well, had a tough match, but she's, she's a player that's, um, she's from WA and she's just got that resilience and that toughness about her. So, um, yeah, look, a lot of, a lot of good prospects. Um, and, you know, I think we've just got to take that longer look. I think our juniors just seem to just develop and mature a little bit longer than perhaps the other kids. We're seeing a lot of really good players come out of the Czech Republic, but if you think of their location and the fact that they've got about eight countries around them that they can just go over the border and get Mm. that competition, we don't. We've got to travel 18,000 kilometres uh, and these kids probably do it once or twice a year. So we just don't get that exposure, and I think we've got to just lay back on putting the pressure on our kids too quickly. Which is a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't want to take kids out of school, but living overseas is a bit of a help if you want to have that competitive opportunity every week. Yeah, we've got a young player that was also in our team, Alana Sebasic. She went and lived in uh, Croatia, uh, spent a year over there, working with great coaches and and we see a lot of our youngsters going and and living and working out in Spain. Um, So I think Tennis Australia is really looking to have a base over there where we can facilitate these young kids, hopefully continue their education. They do distance education, um, but but they're getting that access of, you know, really stronger competition throughout. So, you know, it's um, if you have that hub and you have a, a cluster of really good kids, then perhaps you don't need to do that so much. Um, but to get that exposure at the next level, I think that's great. I mean, look at young Ben Shelton. I mean, he had to get a passport before he came out to Australia. But the US uh, college system is phenomenal because you're getting that really good uh you know, competition, and that is certainly something that a lot of our young Australians are starting to do now. So you might leave at the age of 17, go into two years, um, get some really good education, get some good quality tennis, get a good coach. You have to go to a, a college where they've got a fantastic coach. We've seen Ellen Perez, Astro Sharma, uh, JP Smith, uh, John Pierce. We've seen so many players come out of that system and then go on and have a great career at tennis. So it's certainly something because we know 
tennis as an individual sport, there is a high cost and a lot of families, you know, to financially fund their their child to go and play, it starts to, to really be um, a financial challenge if you're not getting a lot of assistance from Tennis Australia. And certainly there is that assistance for the very top few. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point because the college system allows kids to be kids and get an education. So you're, you're socialising with people who aren't professional sports people all the time. So you're getting your chance to, to actually grow up, but you're also getting great coaching and you're in a good system. So, yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting decision time for Australians that are in that 16, 17-year-old age bracket um, coming up, Louise. It's great to have you on the program. I really appreciate your time and, uh, and good calling. Thanks, mate. See you, Dwayne. Have a great day. Enjoy the tennis.